greetings in the name of Jesus. For message today, I thought I'd look at the subject of Mother's Mother's Day. I would just as soon listen to someone else preach on Mother's Day sometime. But that topic or the title, The Power of a Godly Mother, and uh, we want to honor all the mothers that are represented, that have influenced us today, and uh, we always say that we want to honor, honor them more than just one day of the year, but I think it's good to have a specific day when we think especially about mothers and all that they do, you know, just reading some quotes this morning, some poems, and, you know, mom, the word mom is actually just a nickname. The full name is mom, 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 mom. So we want to just I think that little saying portrays how valuable moms are and look at mothers here. Today when we speaking to the ladies, all the mothers, and some broad, um, not just one specific group, but we want to think of whether it's biological mothers, adoptive mothers, stepmothers, mother-in-laws, married mothers, or a mother who is widowed, expected mother, and all those women who have stepped in and taken up the slack to help a struggling mother or maybe just someone who couldn't do it on their own. This message is for every one of you today. And uh, we also want to be mindful that Mother's Day is perhaps not the happiest day for some people. Maybe someone here today, maybe some things about this day that bring to mind things that aren't always the best or the most pleasant. I want to think of you, pray for you today especially as well, for those that this brings something that is a difficult time. Maybe for some, Mother's Day is a reminder of a recent loss of a loving mother. Or for others, it probably uh, reinforces the realities and struggles and uh, the difficulty in wanting to become a mother. Maybe there are some here who don't have a very good relationship with their own mothers. Maybe not even speaking to them very often because of past hurts and past and or present conflicts. just want everyone to know that you're not alone in that and there are prayers going up for these situations. But through this all, I'd like to just bring out that even if maybe we are in a situation or have been or times when we don't have that proper relationship with mothers, maybe mothers aren't 
what they need to be, should be, or have been in the past. I think we can still honor them in in this place where they have done well and where they have done good and just the product of their past faithfulness, maybe the product of their past love. We can still honor them in that sense as well. <clears throat> and uh, I think we probably all could focus on the negative if we wanted to more often. Maybe at times we need to deal with things that aren't the way they should be, but just today especially, let's just focus on on the blessings that were there, the things that have brought you to where you are today, that your mothers have done, and, uh, and bless them for that. <clears throat> I think we also all have a sense of satisfaction because we know we are in the presence here today of so many mothers who really love and care for their children. And uh, it's just a blessing we could think of society around us and many people we know where they don't have this kind of a setting where they don't have so many faithful mothers who truly love and care for their children. Children here today, you are blessed to have godly mothers like we know that are here today. And uh, just please help me to affirm them today. just want to highlight and encourage some qualities that we see in you. This message today, sermon, centers around a mother who, when faced with a difficult, life-threatening situation, kind of took matters into her own hands in order to save the family, in order to save her children. You can turn with me to Exodus chapter 1. Read the last part of verse 1 here, or chapter 1, sorry. This here was a time when Jacob and his 12 sons were now dead, and their descendants have multiplied greatly. So much so that it frightened the king of Egypt here, who reasoned that if the children of Israel continued to multiply, have children at the rate that they were going, they would eventually outnumber the Egyptians and take the country from them. So he devised a scheme here, which mandated that the midwives, who were supposed to be the ones to help bring life, were asked to kill all the male children during childbirth. <coughs> Just read verses 15 and on. Exodus 1. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shifra, and the name of the other Pua. And he said, when you do the office of midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, when they shall, then ye shall kill him, but if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the man child alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this thing? And have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, 
because the Hebrew women are not as Egyptian women, for they are alive and are delivered ere the midwives come in to them. Therefore, God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass because the, because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Here we see that these people, these midwives, were God-fearing, I think, and they did what they could to, to save these children as well. To godly mothers here now, I want to have a few points. And the first one is be sensitive to the Spirit of God. This is not a new revelation, but it's worth repeating. To continue on the godly path that you have been on calls for you to be sensitive in the leading and direction of the Holy Spirit. As a mother, you are in a position or it's up to you to make a right decision to be directed by the Spirit of God. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. <clears throat> there are many pressures that the world puts upon all of us, but especially thinking now today of mothers, to draw away from God. And you know, there's, thank God we have our own schools, but thinking of mothers in, in the world today, the pressures that they face to draw people away from God, the school system especially, and uh, just shudder to think of, of Christians that try to, try to remain faithful if they have their children in public schools and the pressures that the school system public school system would put puts on them. There's also the medical system, pressures that are always there, and we'll get into all that, but those pressures as well to draw away from God, religious system, and hopefully not for us either, but you know broader broader influences that there are. I mean, from time to time, Catholics that are trying to serve God to the best of their ability, and then when the cardinals or whoever's over them make decisions that draw away from God as well, and the conflict that that puts them in, and then just the regular general social um, pressures to draw away from God requires women to have mothers to have a sensitive spirit to be sensitive to the spirit of God when anyone in the world or around us 
commands what God forbids or forbids what God commands, you must choose to follow God, for it is better to please God than to please men. So mothers, we know that it gets hard at times, but you must remain sensitive to the Spirit of God, and He will direct you in the right way. Never compromise your character or your integrity on the altar of wanting to remain in the good graces of those around us, around you, whether it's your peers or or somebody in authority. Never compromise your character and integrity. You must stand up for what is right and allow God to get you out of that situation. Because I think we all understand that if we fear Him, if we fear God, and have faith in His promises, He will not fail you. <clears throat> we know these Israelites here in this passage we just read, they feared God rather than than Pharaoh. And God blessed them for that. He rewarded them. When you stand up for righteousness, God will also enlarge your borders, enlarge your territory, and bless your household. Now we'll read the rest of our text here, Exodus 2, verses 1 to 10. There went out a, and there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. And his sister stood far off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked among the river's side, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Stop reading there. So just read this story from time to time, this account here. And uh, it must have been a horrible time for the Israelites. And so many, probably most of the male children that were born were killed. And we see the Hebrew um, midwives here taking their, the initiative to save as many as they could. 
but here let us look at this couple here Amran and Jochebed we don't know very much about them we know they had two other children older children Aaron and Miriam you get that from Numbers chapter 26 verse 59 we know that both the mother and the father were from the priestly tribe and while the text here doesn't say anything about their prayer life or their church attendance or the ministry involvement based on their uh, ancestral association and how the story unfolds we can conclude with a degree of certainty that these were two people who had a deep sense of fear of God and reverence for God this fact it appears that what they did appears that they loved God and were willing to do what was good for their family and what would bring honor and glory to God. This text also gives us a characteristic that is so important if you as mothers are going to raise a family that is pleasing to the Lord. And that is found in verse 2. It's not specifically laid out, but we saw this mother was, or this characteristic is to be perceptive. And uh, we would say, well, any mother would look at her child and say that he is a goodly child. It says verse 2, the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And obviously, all children are goodly children. But I think this was not just a, the common, normal biases. But this was a perception that maybe there was something special that this child was going to be called to do. Moses' mother, Jochebed here, was perceptive. And by that I mean she had a deep sense of discernment. She could see beyond the physical, beyond the natural. I think that is a requirement for each mother here as well today, that you would be perceptive and discerning. She, Jochebed, had godly intuition, godly wisdom, and great insight. This came because, like you to you today as well, she was vigilant and observant. She wasn't just a careless mother, but she was observant. From this early age, she saw that this child was a precious gift from God, and she perceived somehow that this boy, even at three months old, was destined to greatness. So mothers... Don't dismiss what God is showing you, even when it appears impossible and improbable. Maybe you have a vision for your children, and uh, you think, well, you just live here in Creston, B.C., and you have so many other duties, but maybe God is impressing something on your heart, something for the future of your children that 
is a high and lofty goal. Just continue to believe in that and don't deny that. Pray about it and leave it in the hands of an all-knowing, all-seeing God who promised to work out all things for our good and for his glory. As a godly mother, you have to see each child as gifted by God for something special. Obviously, not every child will grow up to have as much influence as what Moses did, but each child has a work to do and is special in the work of God. That's why when Jochebed looked in the eyes of Moses, she saw more than a three-month-old baby, but she saw a deliverer who would one day rise up to bring change and relief to the people of God. And each child that is being raised here today can also someday rise up to bring change and relief to the people of God as well, to a greater or a lesser extent. As a godly mother, when you look at your children, do you see the potential there? God, their mother sees potential when she looks for it. When you look into the face of your children, are you seeing greatness? Are you seeing a potential for greatness? Tell them from an early age that they will become a blessing to the family. Speak good things into their lives. I think that kind of influence will do more than we sometimes give it credit for speaking positive things into the lives of children, even from small on up. Continue to be perceptive when it comes to the future of your children and leave the results to God. Requires perception and also faith. Right, the next one is to take initiative. You have to start the process. You you have to be proactive. Don't wait until you're forced to act. Jochebed here was proactive. She took initiative. We don't read very much about Amran, but we want to think that he was involved in this too. And uh, speaking here today to mothers, but obviously we know the fathers are called to be the leaders in the home. And when we think of mothers being um, preceptive and taking initiative, ideally, of course, this is done in a complete functional home. Fathers and mothers are working together. But focusing here now on what Jacobet did, she took initiative. You're not sure what Amram was doing. He was a priest. Maybe he was busy with work of the priest. We don't want to make excuses for fathers. But if the father is busy, maybe he's not always present 
don't wait for him. Don't not do your part. Don't just let things slide. If there are things that you need to do, just because the father isn't there to take the lead. Make sure you do the right thing to ensure that your family survives. God has given you something else that men don't have. God has given you a gift of creativity. I think many women have creativity that goes beyond what men have at times. You can, as mothers, women in the home, can do more with less and get far more accomplished in a day than some of us men can get done in a week. Also, requires ingenuity. You know, Jochebed had faith and initiative, and she also had ingenuity. Look at the text. Pharaoh had ordered the baby boys to be cast into the river, and she was created enough. She made this floating ark with a cover for it out of out of the bulrushes and it was a working ark it floated and she floated her son in it onto this river and remember this river had crocodiles in it she had the faith that her son would be safe she probably made this boat so that it wouldn't attract crocodiles <clears throat> This tells us that her level of faith far exceeded her level of fear. Her faith in God told her that failure was not an option and that God would take care of that which she entrusted to him. God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. When we do what he commands, we always come out ahead. And... uh, we know that God didn't specifically command her to do this, but she used her wisdom, her initiative, her faith to do this. How is it that this chamber of death, this river, now becomes the place of change for the deliverer? We see the parallel of that to Jesus life as well you know Jesus' death his crucifixion and death was meant to be his death but it became the source of our life his resurrection then became the source of life and victory over death the same way that this river was meant to be the place of death for Moses became a source of his becoming a deliverer to the children of Israel. The very ones who who ordered his death are now the very ones who are responsible for his deliverance. See the irony of that as well. In essence here, Pharaoh ended up, (coughs) Pharaoh the king of Egypt here ended up paying Jochebed to care for her own son. In a sense, this is probably one of the greatest cons of all time. 
Oh, Jack and Bed arranged, sorry. She didn't necessarily arrange it, I think God did, but the mother ends up being paid to care for her own son <clears throat> by the enemy that wanted him destroyed. You know, this princess here was the one that became the mother of Moses, but her father, the Pharaoh, was the one that provided all the all the the home for this for this young man that he would have wanted destroyed. He's paying his way. So all of you today, brothers and sisters, if God before you, he will spread a table right in the presence of your enemies and there isn't anything they can do about it. To every godly mother here today, don't be afraid to take initiative to make sure that your family survives. God will see you through. <clears throat> the last one is utilize the resources available to you. Now, both of these mothers that we have here in this account, the natural mother, Chakabed, and then also the adoptive mother, um, does she have a name? I didn't find it anywhere, but this nurse, anyway, this, I mean, this, uh, this Pharaoh's daughter here, the princess, they both <clears throat> used the resources that were available to them. Pharaoh's daughter needed someone to nurse this baby, so she was, was suggested this resource available, and she used that. And Jacobed used the resources available to her as well. So to all of you, use the resources of those who want to lend a helping hand to you as well. There are many resources around. You know, the church is a resource. <clears throat> there are schools are a resource to help you raise children. Grandmothers are a resource. There are other sisters in the church that can be a resource so many places and lives that can help you raise your children embrace these resources alright just in closing some additional thoughts we have been focusing on mothers but as I said in the beginning this is in the context of godly homes the context of husbands and wives working together and uh, not promoting that mothers lead out to make all the decisions of course but at times when you need to make a decision when you need to take initiative so that your family survives for the well-being of your children don't be afraid don't be timid make sure you make right resource decisions, right choices. Another, I'll just read some things I came across in studying, not really related necessarily to the message, to the text at all. One quote was, an ounce of motherhood is worth a pound of clergy. 
I think that's so true <clears throat> today as well. This was a quote from a long time ago in ancient times, but an ounce of motherhood is worth a pound of clergy. Also, it was someone calculated that motherhood is approximately 18,000 hours of extra work. And uh, not sure how you would get to that figure, but that's a lot of time spent raising children. 18,000 hours. Changing thought here again. Out of 69, 69 kings of France, only three were liked by the people. And apparently these three were people admired them and had a lot of respect for these three kings. These three kings were raised by their mothers, not by tutors or guardians like the rest of them were. Is that by accident? Is that coincidence? I don't think so. A Scottish quote. You can fool some people all the time, all people some of the time, but you can he fool your mither? And then uh, Susanna Wesley, you probably all read this at some point. Susanna Wesley, the mother of John Wesley and Charles Wesley, had 17 children total. <clears throat> and she spent an hour each day praying for her children. So an hour of prayer is a fairly long time, especially if you have that many other responsibilities. But she spent an hour praying each day. And she prayed for each one specific, or specifically as well. And then she also spent an hour each week with each specific child in spiritual discussion. And that's a lot of commitment as well, too. <coughs> spiritual discussion with each child. It's no wonder that she had sons that were so instrumental in the work of the Lord. But I hope these few thoughts have not just been scolding, but been an inspiration. And just appreciate all the mothers that have influence in my life and in the life of each one in this congregation, all that mothers do. Let's uh, kneel for prayer at this time. Father in heaven, we pause before you at the close of the service. I'm so thankful that we have this story in the Bible of a time when was a faithful mother that made hard decisions to ensure that uh, her son would be saved, and not only him, but then through his life, your, your children were given a, a leader that helped save them as well. I just pray that we can learn from these lessons in the Bible and appreciate the mothers in our lives that make hard decisions at times as well and want the best for their children. And just bless them today, each mother represented here, whether it's a physical mother or just even mothers that have a mother heart, women that have a mother heart in nurturing and caring for other people. Just bless them. Help us 
as fathers to take our responsibility as well and as children that we would honor mothers, each, one, each child here today that would do their part as well. Just pray now that you would help us each one to be discerning in the times that we live in, that we would have strong homes as we go about our lives and the world we live in, wherever people we touch, that we'd be a positive influence. Just pray that you would be with us the rest of this day. Bless us and keep us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.